Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Happy Mother's Day from the kitchen where I've cooked thousands of meals that my children didn't always love. I mean, what was I thinking? Pork, liver, and onions? I know, somebody had given it to us as a tithe and I didn't want it to go to waste, but praise God, Domino's delivered. Delivered us from that meal and delivered to our door. <laughs> well, you know, I want to honor moms today. I want to encourage all of us to honor moms today. I know not all women are mothers, but we all have a mother. And in this series, Nurturing a Secret History with God, I'm going to take a slight rabbit trail, but not too much. Because throughout my years of being a mom, people have often asked me, Di, is there a secret to being a good mom? And I want to say, yes, there is a secret. Now, it's not necessarily nutritious meals, clean clothes, reading tons of books, playing outdoors for hours, playing nursemaid, writing English papers, guilty as charged. <laughs> but there is a secret. But more on that later. Because just for now, I want us to take a moment to honor our mothers. And mom, moms are important. And, you know, there's often this argument about our fathers or mothers. No, God's so clear. Men and women, both created in his image. And hey, unless there's any doubt, let's just remember God did create Adam first. But since then, every man has come forth from a woman. <laughs> yeah, we all have a mother. So bless your mom today. And I know some, some of you are estranged from your mothers. Maybe there's some hurt there. Can I just encourage you today to take a step with the power of the Holy Spirit and mend that? Make a choice to honor your mom today. I mean, others of you, I mean, you might be sitting right next to your mom, right? You, you can actually give her a hug. And for those who can't, I say, send her a note. You know, the woman who first originated Mother's Day to make it a national holiday was a woman named Anna Jarvis. And she was so upset when Mother's Day became this horribly commercialized holiday with gifts and cards. She said, no, just a handwritten note. Now, I know that's like, what, a handwritten note? Okay, go ahead, text your mom today, Zoom call. Or why not try Marco Polo, huh? Honor your mom today. This will be the first year I won't have the opportunity to honor my mom in person or even with a card or gift. Uh, she passed away on March 1st of this year. And while I did a really good job of honoring her in the last couple years of her life after my dad died, I'm really sad to say that I, I missed out on a lot of opportunities to honor her. I was too busy, too distracted, and I'm sorry. And I pray you can learn Learn from my mistake. 
But in the last week of her life, it was February 25th, and my brother called me from Peoria, and he said, Mom's not going to live through the night. And I wanted to so go, but it was a snowstorm, and it was a two-hour drive. It's way too dangerous. And so I waited, and the next day she was still alive. I thought, yes, I'm going to go. And then, nope, weather has even gotten worse. And uh, so there's no way I can go except my son, Jay. He said, Mom, I want to take you. He honored me, even though it was dangerous and it was the start of more love, more power that night. I mean, there were a lot of reasons. It was terribly inconvenient. He drove me the two hours and I spent time with her, uh, singing to her her favorite hymns, using my iPhone, of course, <laughs> and she squeezed my hand. And then Jay was able to speak blessing and thanksgiving over her for everything she'd done as a grandma. She entered heaven four days later. And it was such a tremendous opportunity to truly honor my mother. You know, Jesus never missed a chance to honor his mother. You can read that, read it in the scriptures. And I think one of the most powerful examples of this is when he is hanging on the cross. He's dying. He has the weight of the sin on his shoulders. He's carrying the sickness and shame of all of humanity. He's been beaten. He's thirsty. And yet he looks. He sees his best friend, John. He sees his mother. And this is what he says. Mother, look, John will be a son to you. Then he said, John, look, she will be a mother to you. And from that day on, John accepted Mary into his home as one of his own family. Wow. Jesus cares about mothers. He does. And so as I was getting ready to prepare this, I said, Jesus, do you have a word for mothers? And he said, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. But to the rest of you, even if you're not a mother, don't tune out because it's a word for all of us. But let me just say, in these last two, two months of this crazy coronavirus and this quarantine, moms, you have done an incredible job. I mean, all the children are home and you still have all your household tasks. Some of you are working from home. You're doing homeschool. And hey, I want to tell you something. I did homeschool for 15 years and what you're doing, that's not homeschool. Like you're, you might be teaching your children, but oh no, you don't have it at all as easy as we had it. We had play groups and playgrounds. We had the Y, we had the library, we had church. You know, we had supplies, we had curriculum. No, moms, thank you, I know. Well, some of you have delighted in this extra time. The truth is many of you are frustrated and you're discouraged and you're worn out. And so I say hats off to all moms, to all parents over these last two months. And so, hey, just go ahead, drop a hand clap emoji in that chat room. I mean, not that I actually know how to do that, but that's what all the other preachers say. So go ahead so that we can celebrate moms today. Okay, Jesus, what would you say to moms today? And I listened. I listened for what he had to say. And this is what he said. He said, I see you. I hear you. And he said that with such 
such compassion. There wasn't an ounce of criticism like, oh, I see you. It was all like, I see you. I hear you. And he was filled with love and with compassion. And again, not just for moms, for, for all of us during this time, this crazy mixed up time that nobody's ever lived through before. Jesus says, I see you. I hear you. I love you. Well, as I was thinking about that, I realized Jesus was actually referencing an actual biblical account. It's the story found in Genesis chapter 16. It's the story, none other, of a runaway Egyptian slave who'd been abused by Hebrew owners, and she is pregnant in an unwed mother. And these are Jesus' words that we're going to discover, that he speaks to a runaway, pregnant, unwed mother. You see, this is a powerful story. It's a story of pain and, and, and marriage trauma and infertility and surrogacy and abuse and like all, all the elements of literally a lifetime movie, except it's real life. And more important, it is a real-life encounter with the living God, the God who sees you, the God who hears you, the God who knows even your hopelessness, your desperation, your situation. Let me tell you this story. This is such a good story of Hagar. She was the Egyptian slave of Sarah, the wife of Abraham. And most of you would know the story of Abraham and Sarah, but Abraham, he was God's man. And God called Abraham out of his land and said, go to Canaan, I'm going to give you that land and you are going to be the father of many. So many that you can't even count them. And so he and Sarah journey there. And on the way they make a stop in Egypt, which is probably where she acquired the slave Hagar as her slave. And they settle in Cana, but they're there 10 years and there's no sign of a son. There's no sign at all uh, that he's going to be a father or she a mother. And Sarah, for one, is extremely, extremely desperate in this situation. Let me just take a moment and say, I know that desperation. I know the desperation of not being able to conceive a child. I know the desperation of, of infertility and barrenness. And I want to say today, if, if that's you and I know some of you, I know your names, I prayed with you, I want you to know we're talking today about the God who sees you and the God who hears you. And I believe he has a blessing for you as he did in this account that we will read. So in this story, we have this slave woman, Hagar, and uh, in her desperation, Sarah says to Abraham, you take her, you sleep with her, let her produce the heir. And before you judge her, let me just say this was a very common custom in the culture of that day because there was so much shame surrounding inability to, to bear a child. So it was totally acceptable to hand your child off to a concubine, to a slave. And after that child would be born, it actually would become the son or daughter of the original woman. 
So a surrogacy of sorts, okay? So she hands Hagar over, Abraham does the deed, and boom, just like that, Hagar conceives. Wow. Now we have one mad Sarah, <laughs> even though this was her plan. I mean, she spends 10 years trying to get pregnant. All oh, this slave woman, just like that, is pregnant. And Sarah proceeds to beat her, berate her. Why? Because, and this is uh, Hagar's fault, she starts kind of going, nah, 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 treating Sarah with contempt. <laughs> I mean, it was a mess. It's a horrible mess. And Sarah's not only mad at Hagar, she's mad at Abraham. And so much so, Hagar runs. She flees from this abusive situation, probably fearing miscarriage, maybe even death. And she runs none other than to the wilderness. And I think it's interesting because the wilderness often in the scripture is a metaphor, not just for a wild place filled with crazy animals and unscrupulous travelers, but it's a place filled with the demonic. It's, it's a metaphor for like the underworld, a separation where you're totally cast out from God, which makes this an even more meaningful account because what we're going to discover is as Hagar, desperate, thirsty, tired, probably somewhat near death, finds a spring of water and while she's there, she has an encounter with the living God. <laughs> he finds her the most unlikely of all people. He comes face to face with Hagar. You know, what we see from the scripture is she meets the angel of the Lord. Now you might say, well, who's the angel of the Lord? Well, not just some typical angel. Okay, let me give you a brief theology lesson here. Okay, listen up. The angel of the Lord is, is none other than Christ himself. Remember, we have one God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, co-eternal, co-equal. The Son has always existed. He came to earth 2,000 years ago as a baby, as Jesus, but he's always existed. And when he appears under the Old Covenant in the Old Testament stories, he appears as the angel of the Lord. It is the pre-incarnate Christ before Jesus became a man. The incarnation, all God, all man. So the pre-incarnate Christ, God himself, the angel of the Lord, shows up to Hagar. <laughs> and he finds her there. And he enters into a conversation with her. I don't know what kind of wilderness you're in. I mean, I know I've been in somewhat of a wilderness through these last couple months. But I want you to know, God finds you there. He's seeking you there. And this is the revelation that he is going to give to, to Hagar. It's a revelation for all of us of who he is. And he, he enters into this conversation with her. This is what he says to her. I want you to go back to your mistress. I want you to submit to her. Not to be abused, you know, not, not to endure something. He goes, no, because I want you to know I have a blessing for you. I know you're pregnant. You're going to have a son. And his descendants are going to be many. 
And he's going to be wild, wild as a donkey, which means he's going to be free. He's not going to be a slave like she's been. He said, and I want you to name him Ishmael. Ishmael, that means God hears. Why? Because God hears you in your distress. <sighs> That's the same God who hears you, the very same God. So he hears. He hears your cry, just as he heard Hagar's cry. She continues to have a conversation with this angel of the Lord. And she realizes, I have just met God face to face. And she does what no other person in the entire Bible has ever done. Okay, first of all, She's the first person that the angel of the Lord appears to, and she's a woman, and a slave woman at that. Then secondly, as a woman, and the only woman in all of biblical history, she actually names God, a name that's actually recorded for us right here in the scripture. And she names him El-Rohi, the God who sees. Because she realized he saw me. He sees me. He cares for me. El Rohi, the God who sees, the same God who sees you, who sees me. And she didn't leave it there. This was such a stunning revelation. She went and told, told people everywhere because for many, many years throughout history, that well, that spring, it became known as the spring of the living one who sees me. <laughs> wow. You see, God changed her entire destiny that day. Her entire inheritance. She went from a slave to a daughter of the living God. You know, that's available for all of us, no matter what kind of bondage you're in. Because he is the God who sees you. He's the God who hears you. He's the God who loves you. Just as he showed with Hagar. No matter how desperate your situation might be right now, no matter how hopeless or how frustrated or tired or weary or whatever, this God sees you and he hears you and he loves you. And that brings me to the answer to the question, Di, do you have a secret to being a, a good mom? And I'd say, yes, I have a secret. And he is a secret that's available for everyone. And this is the way the scripture describes it. And this is the secret. Christ in you. See, this Jesus, this God who sees, this God who hears, he's actually taken up residence inside of us. That's the secret. That's the secret to being a great mom, a great dad, a great person. But... In order to have faith in that God, to have a, 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 an ongoing relationship with that God, we have to do something called develop and nurture a secret history with that God. You know, if we have a God who sees and hears, I want to spend some time with him. I mean, don't you? And so what I discovered as a mom, the most important thing I could give my children is that I committed to a consistent, vibrant, dynamic relationship of developing and nurturing a secret history 
with Jesus Christ. You know, early on, I had the experience that all parents have of, oh, your kids are driving you crazy. They're making you embarrassed. They're doing shameful things. And I'm like, God, I'll never raise perfect kids. And I was so embarrassed. And he said a very profound thing to me then that changed my attitude. He said, Di, if you could raise perfect children, they wouldn't need a savior. You know the ironic thing? If I could be a perfect mother, I wouldn't need a savior. I wouldn't need someone to meet every day face to face, to hear his voice, to see his face, to receive his wisdom, his strength, his faith, his joy, his patience. I mean, all that you need to be a healthy parent. And so that is why I made a commitment early on and by his grace have rarely missed a very early, early morning appointment with my Savior, my secret history with God. You know, in our series, we have said, as we looked at the God who calls you to pray, who calls you to fast, who calls you to give, he says, the Father who sees in secret will reward. <laughs> he sees. And not only does he see, I want you to know our children see. <laughs> Tell you a quick story. One, I was rarely ill, but one morning I was so ill I couldn't get out of bed. And so now it's past seven o'clock and, and the children are waking and my daughter Julie, our, our senior pastor now, she was probably about five years old then, she, she came into the room and uh, she said, Mom, Mom, what, why aren't you up praying? Yes, it was that important to her that her mother prayed. I'm thankful I was able to model that for my children by his grace. And that was actually a lesson I learned from my own mother. Every day to the day she died, she prayed for every child, every in-law, every grandchild, every great-grandchild by name. I want you to know the father who saw what she did in secret has given her a reward. And that reward is all of those children know Jesus. Maybe their relationship isn't full and vibrant, but they all know Jesus. You see, the Father who sees in secret, who hears in secret, this is the God who invites you to nurture a secret history with him. I want to encourage you. Mom, dad, single person, this is for all of us. The secret to being a great person is nurturing the secret who lives inside of you. The God who sees and the God who hears. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.